For a few minutes today, I'm going to stay in this vein that I was in last Sunday talking about the oil. Last week, I talked about the sacred oil. Today, I'm going to talk about fresh oil. Look at someone, tell them fresh oil. Uh huh. I believe with all of my heart, we're in a season where we need fresh oil in our lives. And I want to pre preach today from Deuteronomy chapter 33 on a text I've never preached before, but I believe the word of the Lord for this house is tucked in this text. And by the help of God, today we're going to just bring it out, see what God says to us. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 33, verse 24, when, when you have it, say amen. Three of y'all, when you have it, say amen. There we go. Deuteronomy 33, verse 24 says this, and of Asher, he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him dip his foot in oil. Let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze. And as everyone right here needs to catch this and receive this as a promise over your own life, as your days are, so shall your strength be. As your days are, so shall your strength be. How many plan on being strong as long as you're alive? Come on, how many, I said, how many plan on being strong in God as long as you're alive? Father, today I pray you'll help me preach on fresh oil. And I pray not only would we preach on fresh oil, but you would release fresh oil, Spirit of God. I thank you for the oil that's already been released in lives today. And I pray, Lord, that this house would come into such a place and a position she would never be oilless. Our people would never be oilless. But there would be a flow of the oil in this place, an abundance of oil flowing in this place, a grace of God flowing in this place that keeps us from dry seasons and keeps us from burnout. God, help your people today. Fill our vessels to overflowing with oil. I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that people who've known the oil but become empty today refill their vessel, God. I pray today that vessels that have stagnant oil, oil that is old and hasn't been used for its purpose, today, God, I just thank you for an overflow of fresh oil. And Lord, we will not be trapped into talking about oil that we had years ago, but today we thank you there's a fresh oil for the people of God. And I pray to be released in this house today by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. Deuteronomy is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's a compilation of the last words of Moses. It's essentially divided up into three different kinds of last words. It's a series of sermons that he preached. It's a song that he sang. And then it's a series of blessings that he released over the people of God, and that's where we are in the 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy. The 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy is Moses on his deathbed getting ready to die, and before he dies, he summons the strength of God to release a blessing over the 12 tribes of Israel. He blesses them by tribes. Israel was one kingdom family, but was known and primarily uh, understood and blessed as it regards the tribe that they were in. They were 12 tribes. They did not start out as tribes. You know this. We talked about this. They started out as 12 sons, the 12 sons of Jacob. Before Jacob dies, your Bible says that he leaned on his staff and he blessed his sons, and then he died. 
And then years later, we come to Deuteronomy chapter 33, and these 12 sons are no longer sons. They're now tribes. And before Moses dies, he rises up in his bed of affliction and his bed of, 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 of preparing to die and meet the Lord. And the Bible says that in the strength of God, he blessed the 12 tribes. And the point of this is, make sure you bless your children before you die. Don't die and go to your grave with a blessing on the inside of you. Make sure as a man or woman of God, your mouth is opened and you release from your mouth with faith in your heart the blessing of God over your children. In fact, you ought to do it every day of your life. Amen. Our mouths should be used to bless. James says you can actually open your mouth and use your tongue for cursing, but how should a tongue be used for cursing and blessing? If God gave you a voice, you ought to be able to use it to release blessing over the lives of those that matter most to you. God wants us to use our words to bless, and the only way you can do that is when you're alive. So if you don't get anything else out of this message, make sure you use your time to release blessing over your family. Do it before you die. Before Moses dies, the Bible says that he opened up his mouth and blessed the 12 tribes of Israel. Make sure that you stay thankful to be a part. How many are just thankful that you're a part of the family of God? The family of God is a unique thing because you would think that if God were gonna have a family, he'd make it all the same. And sometimes because the body of Christ is not all the same, we all get bent out of shape and think everybody ought to look like us. Everybody ought to act like us. Everybody ought to be like us. But the reality of it is we're one big kingdom family, and yet we can be understood just like Israel was of old in a sense of being a tribe. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a tribe like the tribe of Asher. I want to be a, a part of the Orly tribe. I, 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 I want to be a part of the tribe that believes in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm thankful to be a part of the family of God, and I celebrate all of the diversity that's in the family of God, but I really believe today we need to be reminded that there's a part of the tribe, there's a part of the family of God that's the tribe that has the promise of oil, and I believe that is our portion. I want to preach to this house today and tell you that what, what we're going to be, if we're going to be nothing else, is like the tribe of Asher. We're going to be a people who are blessed, I pray, by the oil. The oil is always an emblem of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Everywhere you look from Genesis to Revelation, oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm terribly convinced today, and I preach this message today from a place of concern at times because I don't want us to ever get away from the oil of God. I recognize that getting to the oil, as we talked about last week, can be a challenge. Sometimes the pressing and the crushing and the, and, the, and the beating of the olive is a difficult thing. But, but I want you to understand that, that when we get to the place where the oil is released, the oil makes the difference. The oil makes the difference in our life, and we could be a part of we could be a part of any kind of tribe. I'm not here today to criticize anybody who doesn't differently than us. I'm just here today to tell you that our portion is the oil. Our portion is the presence of God. Our portion is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Other people can choose to have church and do church however they want to do it, but I just believe in the day that we're living, we need to have the oil of God in our vessel if we're going to be who God called us to be.
and we're going to do what he called us to do. We've got to have the oil to do it. In fact, it's not just any kind of oil. It's fresh oil. It's oil that can be burnt, oil that can be used as fuel, oil that can be used uh, as a resource. And I want us not to have what's wasted or left over, but I want us to understand today that the intent of God for our lives is that our lives be anointed anointed. I know this sounds churchy. I get that it feels churchy. I understand that in this age of being practical and relevant, we don't talk about the oil anymore, but how many know the oil makes the difference? And you may not even know how to articulate it, and you may not even understand what we mean, but you know the difference between stuff that happens with the oil on it and stuff that happens without the oil on it. And I've done it before. We've seen it before. We've experienced it before, I don't ever want to do it without the oil. I don't ever want to live without the oil of God in our vessel. I don't ever want us to have church and just come to church without the oil because it's the oil that makes the difference. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives. It's God's presence on our being that is empowering us to do what he called us to do in a way that brings life and hope to those who are in the darkest places. How many know we need the oil of the Spirit? Say amen. The Bible says this is, this is unique, uh, but Moses releases the most unique kind of blessing over Asher in this text. And one of the things that Moses blesses Asher with is a territory that is known even to this day as being a territory that produces Huge groves of olive trees. Asher was given territory. Now, how many know that every, every child, or pardon me, every child of Jacob, but every tribe of Israel was given a territory? And, and the Bible says that Asher's territory was going to be full of oil. And to this day, you can go to the tribe of Asher and you can find massive olive trees, some that produce up to 15 gallons of oil a day. It's amazing. Um, and if we're going to, if we're going to understand this today, we, we've got to understand that as a tribe who is a part of the family of God, I believe the Lord is giving us a territory of oil. I believe the Lord wants to release, I'm not talking about natural oil or crude oil, I'm talking about spiritual oil. When we anoint people with oil that comes out of a bottle, there is nothing about that oil in itself that is powerful or supernatural. It is the symbol of that oil that we are getting at when we use oil. And you say, Pastor, I've never heard of using oil. James says, anoint the sick with oil. Pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's the same practice that happened in the Old Testament when kings and prophets of old were anointed. Now, in our day and time, we are much more concerned 
concerned, and, and rightfully so. We don't, we don't do what they did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they took a horn off of a ram's head, and they would cut the horn, the ram's horn off of the ram's head, hollow it out, drill a hole in the bottom of it, call out a hole in the bottom of it, and fill the horn with oil. And when they anointed the next king, they would, they would put the horn over the head of the king, and oil flowed all the way down the body of the man that was being anointed king. Now, in today's church, we don't do that, and you should be thankful for that. We just do a little dab. And we take a little touch, and, you know, if we're real sanctified, we put a cross on your head, all kind of things. I've seen it all. The reality of it is it's not about how much oil we put on you. It's about the oil being on you as a sign and a symbol of the Spirit of God coming on your life. When that oil is applied, it is, a, it is an outward sign of a spiritual invisible grace that is being released upon you. And I don't know why, but we've moved away from the oil. I'm not talking about just the oil in a bottle, but we have moved away from the oil in a bottle. I remember preaching in a camp meeting with Chris. I will not say where. The, the power of God started flowing, and I was ready to pray for people. And I said, somebody bring me the bottle of oil. And there was no oil in the house. And I wondered why I was fighting powers and principalities and darkness while I was preaching. It was the hardest time I'd ever had preaching. And while I'm preaching, a, a, a light bulb busted and, and nobody touched it. And a woman stood up screaming and her nose started bleeding. And I looked at Chris and I said, I want to leave now. <laughs> like, where's God? And so I just keep plowing and I keep plowing and I keep praying, God, God, we need a breakthrough. And I felt like we were about to come into a breakthrough. And I said, bring me the oil. And the leader of the meeting said, there is no oil in the house. And the Lord said, he's more than right. There is no oil in the house. Now, I know that it, again, I, I, someone's going to leave today and think, my God, that's the churchiest thing I've ever seen. He's concerned about being, uh, about not having oil. An oilless church is in trouble. A church that has no oil in the spirit is in trouble. You can have gadgets, you can have smoke, you can have lights, you can have a massive LED screen, but at the end of the day, none of that will bring breakthrough. None of that will bring deliverance. None of that will bring healing. Relevance to a blind man is not how cool is your light show. Relevance to a blind man is do you know a man that can make me see? Relevance to a broken family is not how cool is your church relevance to a broken family is can you take me to a man that can heal our wounds and bind us up I want the oil that's all I'm saying I'm almost done already I want the oil I don't want it for selfish reasons I want it because I've seen it work the oil makes the difference I preached last week to you about crushing and we all shouted about crushing, but we ought to shout more today because the crushing was not in vain. The crushing was not in vain. Your pain had a purpose. The pain was not about trying to drive you out of faith. The pain was not about trying to drive you away from God. The pain the enemy tried to inflict on you was a part of God bringing out of you something that would touch not just your life, but your family and your friends. The crushing was about a release of God's presence coming out of you. 
Those whom God uses greatest, he crushes deepest. If you've never been through pain and your entire journey has been one of, it's been just a solo flight of joy all the time, we're glad you're here. And we're honored you came, but you're weird. Because most of us, if we sat down and told our unedited testimony, I'm not talking about the one we tidied up and we cutened up and we made it presentable and, you know, the PG-rated thing. If we played that edited testimony up on the screen, you'd sit there and say, look at my wonderful life. But if we played the real thing up on the screen and all the stuff you don't want nobody to know, you would slither under the seats all the way out the exit sign, run to your car and never come back. And I just want to tell you that it's that testimony. It's the sleepless nights and the pain. It's the hell on earth you went through. It's the devil trying to drive you crazy and you still believe in God and you still got your joy and you still... That's the people that become hell's worst nightmare because the crushing didn't destroy. The crushing produced out of you the purest, the most divine and holy, sacred oil. And today I just want to encourage somebody and tell you your pain had a purpose. You're coming into a fresh anointing and there's nothing the devil can do about it. God planted Asher the tribe of Asher in a region known for producing olive oil. When Joshua divided up the promised land between the 12 tribes, God gave the tribe of Asher land in the area of Galilee where soil was so rich that olive trees and olive groves would flourish there. If I have to be a part of a tribe, let me be in the tribe of oil. The tribe who has the inheritance where the oil is flowing and the olive can be found. I'm thankful for all the places God gives us, but God don't ever let us become so enamored by places that look beautiful and, and, and wonderful, and, and I'm thankful for all the blessing and the increase, but Lord, let the soil of this house be so rich that the oil can be found in this place, that the olive, the, the, the growth of the olive, and you say, what are you talking, I'm talking about the oil, the, the potential, the potential of God in this house to be able to be a place that sees the oil released among us. What does that mean, preacher? A place of oil. It means a place where people who are broken get healed. It means a place where people who are hopeless find hope. I have been to church before and it was, it was no more life-changing than a trip to Neyland Stadium watching a football game. It's a social gathering. There's nothing wrong with building relationships and having fun and doing life and, and being in community. I want that. I get that. But I just want to make sure that we understand we are a tribe that needs the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like you can do church, you can learn how to do church in a way that you don't even need God. It's scary. It's frightening. It keeps me on my knees to think that we could learn how to do this without the power of God. I was just thinking about this as I prayed this week and doing it without the oil. 
We become more focused on being practical than we are powerful. I'm all about practicality, but what we want is six steps to heal a marriage that got screwed up because there was no oil in the house. Four steps to deliver. Listen, you and I, somebody said, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. What is this? We made the oil an option in the church. If you don't like our flavor, if you don't like the way we do it, choose one that's less aggressive and less intense and less. That's what's wrong. We've gotten less intense and we've lost a generation. Where's the passion at? Where's the oil at? Where's the hunger at? Where is the prayer life at? We focus no more on production than we do prayer. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm cautious. I, I'm, I'm not mean. I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody. I'm just saying we got to make sure the main thing stays the main thing. God said, I'm going to bless Asher in such a way that they're going to have an abundance of oil. We need the oil. I got real creative last year and this year as well. All my life, for the, like the last 18 years, no one in the family has cooked the turkey but me. I always cook the turkey. And the finest, greatest turkey you've ever had, and some of you health nuts are gonna send me an email, and it's going right to the junk pile, I'll tell you right now. The greatest turkey you've ever put in your mouth is boiled in peanut oil at 180 degrees for two hours. It will, re it will make your tongue come out of your mouth and slap you on the side of the face. It's so good. Family that hate you, give them some fried turkey. It brings them home. It's just amazing. Two years ago, I started paying more attention to my health, and I go by this thing at uh, Academy. It's called the Big Easy it's a turkey fryer that doesn't use oil. It uses hot air. True story. Go Google it. Hot air. It takes the turkey and you, you inject the turkey with Wallace Secret Spices like you always do. And you stick the bird down in a drum and it gets heated up by hot air. So this past week, we had some friends come over. And I take the turkey against my better judgment. I did not boil it in oil. I stuck it in the hot air. It cooked. This is a true story, and the people who came could give witness to this. It was the most embarrassing holiday meal moment of my life. I brought a turkey to the kitchen that was, it had cooked for three hours. I cut it open. It was still pink, running with blood. Who likes medium rare turkey? <laughs> and of course, everyone's like, we don't need the turkey. And we probably really didn't need it because there wasn't enough food there for Pharaoh's army, right? But I'm sitting there knowing I'm preaching this this week, and I thought to myself, see? <laughs> Even the turkey is jacked up without oil. 
we've done in the church. We don't use the oil anymore. We just put a bunch of hot air in it and we think that's going to get it done. I want to tell you right now, family, I love everybody and I want to, we're going to grow. We're seeing the greatest year we've ever had in the middle of a pandemic, but don't ever forget for one moment, it is the oil of God's spirit that makes the difference. We need the anointing. Can I give you some scripture? Isaiah 10, 27 Right in the middle of this prophecy that Isaiah is giving, the Bible says that Isaiah begins to prophesy by the Spirit of God about the people of the Lord coming out of, they're coming out of bondage to Assyria. Assyria was the meanest, vilest, cruelest army on the face of the planet in Isaiah's day. And the Assyrians had come in and put yokes on Israel. And Israel had become a vassal state and become slaves, as it were, to the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrian Empire, they had in their pride and in their haughtiness, they had begun to assume that they were God and that no one could defeat them. But the prophet Isaiah said, essentially, he said, you better enjoy your success now because there's coming one who will have an anointing, Jesus. That word anointing is the same word for oil in Deuteronomy 33. And this is what the Bible says. He said, in that day when the oil comes, the yoke will be destroyed from off of the neck of my people and the burden will be broken by the power of God. What's the point? The point was Israel was like a yoke. Uh, like an ox in a yoke. And Assyria had become the yoke around the neck of Israel. And when you get a yoke around an ox, the ox has to go wherever the one steering the yoke takes it. And Israel could not break free, come on here, from the yoke of Assyria. How will I ever get free from this bondage? How will I ever get free from this addiction? How will I ever get free from this oppression? How will I ever get free from this condemnation? I can't break it off myself. Do you know how many people come to church every Sunday and they got stuff that they can't break off their life? Oh, I got some good news before I go to my car. God told me to tell somebody what you can't break, the oil will break. What you can't fix, the oil will fix. I felt something break right then. I feel somebody in this room is about to come into a breakthrough. It is not by might. It is not by power, but it is by my spirit. Sayeth the Lord. Oh my God. Here's what literally happened. Watch this. Whoop. I thought I was going to get through without sweating, but I feel like preaching here. Their neck was in a yoke and they couldn't get free. And the Bible said, don't miss this. The Bible said, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. One translation said the fat. We don't need a skinny church. Y'all can't handle this one. Devin taught on this and women of fire. One of the things they did to Esther for a year before she went before king, 
before the king is they had to put some meat on her bones. You, why? Because you can't go in looking like a slave in front of the king. You got to go in. You got to be right. You got to eat right. Put some. <laughs> Devin started preaching about the church needs to get fat. I said, Father, I'm ready. But he's not talking about in the natural. He's talking about in the spirit. And the problem is that in the spirit, we don't pray, so we get skinny. We don't read the Bible, so we get skinny. We don't fast, so we get skinny. I'm not talking about in the natural. In the natural, we've been, we shove it in. But in the spirit, our spirit man is waving a white flag, flag looking like a string bean because it got no strength. And I feel like God told me to tell you, before this year is over, some of you are about to come into a place of increase. And I'm not just talking about more money I'm not just talking about more stuff I'm talking about your spirit is getting ready to grow and some stuff that had you bound is getting ready to break off the oil oh my god my god my god the oil is coming look at your neighbor telling the oil is coming on your life and the anointing will break every yoke and the burden shall be lifted by the anointing Asher I'm getting ready to close which means absolutely nothing. Asher, Asher, you're going to have an abundance of sons. Wish I had time to preach on this. He's not just talking about natural children. He's talking about spiritual children. They went into Egypt with 41,000. They come out of Egypt with 53,000 in the tribe of Asher. What does that mean? Even in a place where the devil tried to destroy them, they kept working against them. Egypt kept trying to wear Asher out. And instead of Asher losing ground, Asher came out of a 400-year trip to Egypt with more sons than he went in with. In other words, every time the devil tries to take something away, he causes a grace of multiplication. I can't find no help to come upon your life. That's why you can jump in the fire and instead of losing ground, you went in with three, but you got four when you come out because our God is a God of increase. And then he says something crazy. He said, you're going to have favor with your brothers. I don't have time to talk about that. But then he gets over here and he says, now this is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. He will dip his foot in the oil. I did some researching on this, and this is a rare time and a rare territory where there was so much oil in the land of Asher that they used the oil in extravagant ways that was not used anywhere else. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Nobody, nobody else had so much oil that they bathed their feet in it. <laughs> and when you don't have much oil, you're real picky about how you use oil. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. But when you come into a place of increase and abundance in oil, when the oil gets so abundant that you could even put your feet in it, that's why we do foot washing in water. But the rich people in the, in the ancient days, in the days of Orient, they didn't wash their feet in water. The rich people actually put their feet in oil. Yeah. 
Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. There was so much oil in the land of Asher that they didn't even put their feet in the water. They put their feet in the oil. And when I got to reading that, now here's what it means. It just means a couple of things, and I got to give this to you and let you go. But number one, it means there is an abundance of oil. Here's what I want to say. We don't have to be stingy with the oil. I, I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I want to pray for healing there. Uh, the Lord did that yesterday, and, you know, it's presumption for me to think that he would do that two or three days in a row. I really just need to give him a week of rest. You're stingy with the oil. The oil is not in little capsules that we pull out of our pocket and, oh, I better be careful. I'm going to run out of oil. You might run out of oil, but the Holy Ghost won't run out of oil. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I feel like God wanted me to tell you that there is an abundance of oil, an, an, abos, an abundance of the anointing of the Spirit of God that is coming upon this house that is not just going to be on Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. when we're praying for sick people that people are going to be healed. But I see some Piggly Wiggly prophets. I see some Walmart prophets. I see some people that are going to be used. You say, I don't know if I want to be used by God. Well, sit there and let somebody else have the oil. But I made up my mind. I'm dipping my foot. Oh, Lord. I'm dipping my foot in the oil because it's an abundant season of oil. This is not a time for the church to dry up. This is a time for the people of God to walk in the increase of anointing. But do you know how dark and how sad and how messed up it is in the world right now? What a backdrop to paint on. If it's that jacked up, how much glory will God get when he shows up in our generation? You don't have to be stingy with the oil. And I'm going to say this, I'm not going to be stingy with the oil. I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. I am absolutely, oh, how do I say this, Lord? Sick and tired of the oil being reserved for the preachers. And the body not knowing it. Do you understand that when the anointing oil starts flowing in Psalm 133 and in the book of Leviticus, do you understand that when the oil was released on Aaron, it started at his head? but it went down his beard all the way down to the skirts of his garments. What does that mean? It means that the whole body got oily. You don't hear what I'm saying. What we walk around is we walk around with oil on the head. As long as the head has oil, I'm in the body and the head has oil. That's not the intent of God. The intent of God is not for you to walk around part of a body where the head has oil, but you don't have no power to break anybody through. That devil is a liar. God wants you to know the oil and the gravity of grace will pull the oil of the Holy Ghost down this entire body. That's why you better be careful. If you don't want your children praying for sick people you better take them to another church because my children start laying hands on sick people well I don't know I don't know if they're able you don't know you don't know you don't know because you think the Holy Ghost that they have is a junior high Holy Ghost but the Holy Ghost in the Bible is not a junior high Holy Ghost he's a Holy Ghost that'll come on you and your children and your children's children and if you don't praise him God will raise up your grandbabies to open up their mouths and move in the oil of the Holy Ghost. I'm almost done. The, other, the last thing it means is this. 
God's going to give us a territory of oil so abundant that we're going to dip our foot in it. And that sounds bougie. But I got to thinking about that. And that means when you get oil on your feet, everywhere. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Everywhere you go, you leave a print. Now, you can walk around. I got these big old Timberland boots on today. They weigh about seven pounds each. They do look good, don't they? You can walk in my house with your shoes on. And I come downstairs, and if you're gone before I get downstairs, I don't even know anybody was there. But if you got oil on your feet, you can't go anywhere and not leave a residue. I know this sounds a little bit crazy, and, and I know you're wondering if this is real, but I'm telling you, you can get so intoxicated with the goodness of God and so oily in the, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you can walk into a room and don't even have to open up your mouth and tell everybody how much God you have. People that don't even know God, when you got the oil on you, you can walk out of the room and they'll start talking. There was something on her life. Did you feel that? There was something on her life. What was that? It wasn't your cute hair. It wasn't your new weave. It wasn't your three-piece Madison Avenue suit, sir. It was the oil of the Holy Ghost that was on you that shifted the atmosphere. And I've come to tell you today, after all the crushing, after all the pain, after all the issues you've been walking through in 2020, it was leading you to a moment of oil increase. There is an anointing from heaven getting ready to invade the body of Christ. And the devil will regret the crushing. I was reading over there in Luke, and I'm closing. Jesus gets invited to a Pharisee's house, and he goes in. And they're all sitting there looking at him, and a chick walks in with no invitation. And she starts crying to the level that her tears produce the cleansing of his dirty feet. And while he is being worshipped by this messed up woman, the Pharisees are looking on in disgust. Jesus starts operating in the gift of wisdom and knowledge. And he looks at them and says, why have you all been out of shape? When I come in, you didn't wash my feet. But this woman, she has not ceased to weep and wash my feet with her tears. Watch this, don't miss this, don't miss this. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed me with ointment, the finest kind of oil in that day. And I read that last night. I said, hmm, why didn't the Pharisee, Mr. Churchman, why didn't he put some oil on Jesus? What? And how did the woman who was jacked up, get the oil. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Hold on. The church person, what, 
they didn't have no oil to put on him, but the crazy woman who had a jacked up past pulled out the box and broke it and started anointing his head with oil. I found out you better be careful how you look at people because you'll look at some people who look churchy and they can't anoint him because they don't have no oil. But you can look at a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. I can't find no help in this sanctified church. Who knows what it feels like to be rescued? Does anybody in here, who am I talking to? Does anybody in here know what it feels like to be rescued? Brother sanctified, acting like you've been saved all your life. The devil is a liar. I've got oil because I've been waiting for a moment to release my worship you may not have oil and I found out that people don't have oil often criticize people with oil but today God said there's enough oil for everybody in the house who wants to give him worship he said I'll make sure you don't ever run out of oil I'm done stand with me this is not a season this is not a season of lack or being stingy with oil. Church, hear me. We are dealing with some spiritual wickedness in high places that is going to need more than a clergy shirt and a bottle of oil to deal with. We're going to need the real anointing of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know if I believe in all this oil talk. I want to go to a community church where all we do is talk about how to have a better life. Listen to me, family. Matthew 25 is an indictment against the modern-day church. If we're not careful, you can be a virgin waiting on your bridegroom. But at midnight, the announcement was made that the bridegroom was coming. Ten virgins! Five the Bible called wise. Five the Bible called foolish. What differentiated the wise from the foolish? Only one thing. The five wise had oil in their vessel. And the five foolish came with a lamp but had no oil. And at midnight, everybody say midnight. And I know we argue eschatology and there's a lot of people who are purporting that the Lord's not coming back. This is all going to ascend in some kingdom celebration. But you need to hear your pastor tell you unequivocally today, my eschatology leads me to believe that Jesus Christ himself shall return to this earth and shall take the bride home with him. I don't believe in the coming of the Lord. Then we disagree and that's okay. But I'm telling you, if he is coming, and I believe he is, then we need to have oil, fuel to burn in the lamp. And the five wise, the five foolish look at the five wise and say, give us some of your oil. Let me have some of your God. We didn't bring them. We weren't concerned about it. Let me have your oil. And the five that brought the oil said, you need to go buy some. So they leave and they go buy some oil when they come back. Pastor, this sounds so old-fashioned. This is why we have followers but not disciples. 
to work harder for this. I'm not talking about operating in my flesh for more oil. The oil is released when the olive is crushed and the crushing in our lives is the dying of self. And the more you die to you, the more he is released through you. If you need a fresh oil in your life, you've had it before, maybe you've never had it. I'm just talking about, I'm not talking about churchiness. I'm, not, I'm talking about you want more of Jesus in you. Throw your hands up right now. Throw your hands up right now. I want to pray for everybody in this room who says, I need more of him. In fact, I need you to start praying for it. I can't pray that for you. you, you if you're hungry, you got to ask him more oil. And I feel a, rise of, a rising of the oil in this room today. I feel a rising of the oil. The level of oil is increasing over our lives. Pastor, I don't want to be too spiritual. That's the problem. The church is trying to figure out how to be more natural. But God said, I'm getting ready to put some super on your natural. I'm getting ready to put some super on your natural. This God we serve is not just a practical God. He's a supernatural God. He wants to blow the minds, blow the mind of the people who said it's too late. Blow the mind of the people who said they're too far gone. He's going to blow the mind of the doctor who said there is no cure. Lord, let there be an increase on, of oil, fresh oil on every life that has their hand lifted right now. May their heart, may their heart overflow with more of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 